My guest today is comics editor Susanna Polo. My name is Charlie Hall, and you're listening to Polygon's Quality Control. Susanna, thank you so much for taking the time today to join us. You're very welcome, Charlie. How the heck are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. You know, it's a beautiful day in New York City today, weirdly enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, of course, there at uh, the Polygon's main office in Manhattan. Weather treating you nice? Yeah, it's it's nice. It's it's warm and it's not humid, which never happens in New York. So Now, you yours is kind of a comic book town. There's, of course, that... Was it Midtown Comics that you took me to when I was out there last? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, that place was amazing. But also, <laughs> aren't some of the, the bigger offices there in New York as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, DC used to be out here. They moved out to Burbank a few years ago to be closer to Warner Brothers. But Marvel is still, you know, Excelsior. It is, we are the, the you know, we are the Empire State. And uh, we are still where, uh, where everything, all the superheroes live, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have invited you, Polygon's comics editor, here today to talk about Free Comic Book Day, yes. which is rocketing up on us this weekend. It's it's May 5th, I believe. Right. And for folks who don't know, Free Comic Book Day is a, the usually it's the first Saturday in May, almost always, and it is a day when comic book retailers um, and comic book companies collaborate to, where publishers prepare an issue to be given out completely free on free comic book day and retailers buy them it does cost them money um to get these comics and then to use as a promotion to get new folks into the stores and to get kids into their store um and get them hooked on a lot of different new comic book ideas that they wouldn't you know maybe normally have picked up otherwise and they also get uh new things added to their pull list Susanna I didn't <laughs> I didn't actually have a pull list until I met you. Thank you for helping me kind of get into <laughs> comics. I was very afraid of comics when I came to work at Polygon. It, it can be very intimidating. Um, that, that's part of, I take pride in my job of trying to make all of that stuff seem less scary and more approachable. Um, but yeah, Pull List is basically it's your best tool for supporting the comics that you really love, which is to go into your comic shop, um, and tell them, basically set up a list of pre-orders of books that you know you are going to want to read when they come out um, so that your shop can pre-order them for you and they get a stable inventory. Um, and you don't wind up going to your shop on Wednesday and finding out that what you want to read is already sold out. Yeah, that stinks. And, you know, I, I wanted to thank you also for helping me get my two... Uh, wonderful daughters, their own pull list. Yes. So I have an, an eight-year-old and a four-year-old. They each have their own pull list. Aww. We have some My Little Pony. We've got some Star Wars stuff for each of them. Um, and, you know, they they participate and they choose and they, they get to be part of the stories that they want to follow. And I try to make it out there once a month and, and grab the whole lot of it. But I'm going to take them on on Saturday. And then actually that afternoon we're having, we're having a miniatures painting party with a couple <laughs> of friends of mine. We're all going to like... Anyway, it's going to be a big nerdy day, Susanna. But anyway, this other great new thing that you are doing uh, is called Number One Comic of the Week, mm -hmm. and it's appearing on Polygon.com. It's a, like a written feature-length thing. What What is Number One Comic of the Week? It's so Number One Comic of the Week. I put it up on Friday because all the comics have already come out. It's not really in spoiler territory anymore to sort of talk about what happens in an issue, and it's the beginning of the weekend, 
everybody's you know primed and ready to be told here's something you here's a short story you should check out this weekend or here's a book you should pick up or here's some something you should consume while you're relaxing and my goal for it is it's called number one comic of the week with the you know with the hash mark and then the numeral one because what I try to do is feature either the first issue of a new ongoing series or the first trade collection of a new ongoing series or the first like six issues collected into a single book or just a, a good like one hit easy to bite bite size like easy to get into story for folks who maybe don't know where to start in comics to go here's a series that's out today it's not catch-up reading it's something that's happening right now and it's the coolest no it's the coolest thing in that category that I read this week here's a little summary of it here's what it's about if it piques your interest it's something that you can dive into right now um, and I'm trying to do that every Friday on Polygon just with a bunch of cool art from whatever it is and and getting people giving people a little background on what it's about um, so that they can dive into it just you know for their own fun yeah and we're not messing around with the layout on these things either it uses our same features layout that that some of our larger features over the years have gone into and it's like full res art and they let us do whole pages from the comics <laughs> it's really glorious the way you've got it all laid out it's really cool i love it yeah the uh the ability to just show people good art in our feature layout is something i enjoy taking advantage of so one of the things just to, to further plug a cur staying current with comics or kind of getting in on the ground floor of these things you, like I said, helped me get into comics. My kind of patch has been the Star Wars comics. And I, I had never read comics much. I had certainly not read them as they show up on store shelves that week or that month that they're ready. And I just, I noticed this really interesting commentary, like meta narrative or parallel narrative that was going on in the comics that I was consuming, specifically the Marvel's Poe Dameron. There was this... <laughs> There was this back and forth celebration of Carrie Fisher's life. There was mourning Carrie Fisher's loss, and they folded it beautifully into Poe Dameron's story and into this kind of artistic interpretation of the prequel to the new Star Wars trilogy. It was so beautiful to be there, to be there for it when mm -hmm. it came out. Yeah, it, the thing about comics is that they're, um, as a medium compared to, say, television or film, um, or even novels really, is that they're fast um, and they're cheap. And that means that they are sometimes, they can sometimes turn on, you know, real world events and new developments in media faster than any other sort of mass media that we have out there. Um, except for the internet, but <laughs> um, and that means that that comics can can be like a lot more nimble and can you know in that case of you ob observing like involve much more meta commentary on the stories that they're telling and faster than you know you would get in a Star Wars in waiting for you know this year's Star Wars movie or you know the next Star Wars cartoon show. One of the things that I wanted to do today was talk about some of these issues that are going to be coming up later in the year, these number one issues for both Marvel and DC. And maybe it's something that folks, you know, when they when they head into their local shop for free comic book day, they add it to their pull list or they start a pull list with these comics on it and they get to participate in that speed of the medium as well. What do you say? Yeah. Yeah, because the important thing to I think to to keep in mind about Free Comic Book Day is that your comic book shop is spending money to get these issues to give you for free. What? Um, yeah. That it's not, you know, maybe they're not, you know, the whole full price of an entire week's worth of comics, but they are still 
spending money to the publishers to get these comics and they give them to you for free. So what you can do to sort of like thank your comic book shop for doing that is when you go in there is to buy a couple things. Buy some stuff, you know, buy a graphic novel, buy a poster, buy, you know, your latest set of miniatures. Um, and so, and since Free Comic Book Day happens at the beginning of the summer, it's also a good time to, um, that Marvel and DC usually use to sort of like tease out like what they're going to be doing all summer and sort of the new developments that they're going to be putting into their universes. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about sort of what's going on with DC and Marvel this summer and the big sort of events and things to keep an eye out for. Um, and uh, we'll start with DC because they're my favorite. I'm going to play some favorites. No bias there. Yeah. <laughs> DC has an issue coming out this week that isn't free, um, but in the realm of comic books, it almost is. It costs 25 cents. Why even bother? <laughs> and it's called uh, DC Nation Number Zero, and it is three different stories um, in it that each set up for a different sort of big in continuity event that DC is doing this summer. Um, and the first one is, this It's the story from Tom King and it's drawn by Clay Mann, and it is about the Joker finding out and reacting to the idea that Batman is going to get married. Because that is, in July this summer, Batman and Catwoman are going to be getting married. Um, and the Joker is going to try and mess all of that up. And, uh, and so there's this really like sort of creepy, like spooky little story about the Joker waiting for his invitation to the wedding in DC Nation Zero. And the second story in it is um, from sort of a, it's significant for a metatextual reason. Um, earlier last fall, Brian Michael Bendis is a writer who um, has written for Marvel for like 20 years now. He um, He's done a lot of work in Spider-Man and Ultimate Spider-Man. He created Miles Morales. Um, That's like the younger Spider-Man, right? Yeah. As, as if that the were The younger Spider-Man who made a lot of waves for, you know, being a black Spider-Man. He's been working on Iron Man lately. He invented Rai Rai Williams, who is Ironheart, who is a young black woman genius who builds her own Iron Man armor and sort of becomes an Iron Man substitute when Tony Stark dies. Um, and he's done a lot of, uh, he's worked on a lot of Avengers stuff. He revitalized Luke Cage and he invent, he co-created Jessica Jones with an artist partner. Um, so he is the guy who is the reason that we have Jessica Jones on Netflix. Um, and so he's, he's been really, really important to sort of the way modern Marvel continuity works. And last fall, he announced that he was leaving Marvel to work exclusively for DC Comics. That's um, wild. So, yeah, really big development. He's almost never written a DC Comics story before. Um, he's written one extremely obscure Batman story that was a spoof of Citizen Kane called Citizen Wayne <laughs> about a reporter named Clark Kent trying to figure out why billionaire Bruce Wayne's last words were Rosebud. Um, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> So he's coming to he's coming to DC Comics this summer, and he um, he has been given the keys to Superman. Um, he's going to be writing both Superman titles, both action comics and Superman, um, starting them over at number one, and really sort of like cutting his teeth on DC's flagship character. And DC Nation number zero has one of the first sort of like real hints that we've gotten of what his Superman stories are going to be about. Um, it's a short little story all about the Daily Planet bullpen and like Perry White talking to his reporters about the new status quo at the newspaper. Um, and it's just, it's really, it's really good. Like it's already, I'm just like, oh, I, like the thing I was, 
Bendis has done a, um, he did a series at Marvel called The Pulse, which was about the newsroom of um, the Daily Bugle, Jonah Jameson's newspaper. Um, I loved it. I love the way he writes reporters as somebody who, you know, is in a newsroom. And sort of him writing Perry White and writing the Daily Planet newsroom is everything that I'd hoped it would be. Um, <laughs> the original open plan office there, right? Exactly. With bourbon yeah, and cigarettes yeah. on every desk. Yeah. And uh, the one, one character uh, says that, uh, just has an offhand line in the story where she says that uh, it's Perry White talks like he commutes in from 1945 every day. <laughs> And then the third story in DC Nation is setting up for sort of DC's big summer crossover event, which is called um, Justice League No Justice, which is sort of being spearheaded by Scott Snyder, who is the architect of Batman for many years and the architect for um, a little story arc that you might have heard of called Dark Knight's Metal, um, which was this wild multiverse spanning like parallel earth crossover weirdness like bombastic heavy metal themed um story arc that dc was running from like last summer into this spring um and it's sort of taking and so justice league no justice is taking some of the weird after effects of that book basically that the dc universe has been cracked open and a lot of weird um powerful forces are coming in and threatening you know earth and the multiverse and the justice league has to figure out how to work in a different way in order to combat these you know dangerous forces and in justice league no justice um the evil computer brainiac shows up on earth and is like hey Remember that hole you put in the edge of the universe? Well, some stuff has come out of it and it's gonna destroy my home planet. So what's gonna happen is that I'm going to pick four Justice League teams made of people that I get to choose and you're all gonna go fight those things because that's what we have to do in order to save the universe. So Scott Snyder has literally described it as Brainiac moneyballing Justice League teams of just like, you know, Lex Luthor and Batman are on a team. And, you know, there are villains in the teams and there are superheroes you wouldn't expect. Harley Quinn is on a team and, um, you know, uh, Sinestro, but also Wonder Woman and, you know, Dr. Fate and Superman. And it's sort of a big, it's a, it's sort of a secret, a sequel to Dark Knight's Battle in that it's also this big, wild, a million heroes doing big cosmic stuff story. Um, and that's going to slide into um, Scott Snyder's run on Justice League, which is also going to spin out into three different Justice League books. The core Justice League of, you know, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and, you know, their friends doing, you know, the big Justice League stuff on Earth. And then there's going to be um, a sort of spin-off Justice League that's essentially the Justice League in space. Um, a bunch of characters going off into space and looking for the big Justice League level threats before they actually get to Earth. Um, and then there is also going to be just a new Justice League Dark, which is the Justice League but for magical threats. Um, where a team that Wonder Woman is going to lead and involve a lot of sort of the magic users of the DC Universe um, protecting the Earth those threats and that was a lot of information that was oh my gosh how many different <laughs> comics is that i mean so that, we'll kind yeah. of recap here we got for, the first one i got was of course dc nation number zero which is going right. to be its own thing with starting well, with number just, one right the dc nation number zero is just this one shot story oh it's a one shot okay this week um and it has these three short stories in it that's set up for these three events batman and catwoman getting married 
Brian Michael Bendis starting a new Superman series, and Scott Snyder spearheading the Justice League into wild and crazy adventures. So you pick up DC Nation number zero, it'll have more information on how to follow yeah. and add those other mm -hmm. series to your pull list. And it'll give you a little taste. Each, each sort of story in it is a little prelude of like what those stories are going to feel like and what they're going to be about. And, you know, ideally we'll give you some idea of whether or not you're interested in following along with them. And it's only 25 cents, so. There you go. Flip a coin. Now, yeah. And then the other one is Justice League No Justice that I would want right. to tell my proprietor to add to my list. Right, and Justice League No Justice is going to be a really quick crossover series. It's only four issues and they're coming out weekly. Um, so it's gonna happen pretty quick and then slide into Scott Snyder's Justice League. Um, and and yeah, just sort of like toss you into the deep end of weird, uh, weird comic book stuff. Um, but if, as you know, reading Dark Knight's Metal and Snyder's previous work can attest, like, he knows how to dig into that stuff without it feeling with it feeling overwhelming in a good way instead of overwhelming in a confusing way and also doing it in such a way that that it, there's a real joy to when he gets into like crazy comic book continuity stuff a real like celebration of what is fun about comics instead of going really crazy but also taking it super seriously uh, which I like a lot. I want to get to the second half and, and talk about the Marvel universes and the comics that are coming out but first a word from this week's sponsor. Are you hiring? Because every business needs great people. ZipRecruiter is the best way to find them. They're actually going to learn what you're looking for in a candidate. It's going to find those people with the right experience and then it's going to invite them to apply to your job. It's that easy. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site that same day. And ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there. They even spotlight the strongest applications that you receive, so you're never going to miss that great match. The right candidates are out there, and ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, completely free. All you got to do is go to ZipRecruiter.com slash control. Tap it right in there. Z-I-P Recruiter.com slash control. That's ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Susanna, we spent a lot of time on the DC comics coming out, but gosh, that, that plucky little Marvel company seems to be in the news a lot these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, now is a very, uh, a lot of people are talking about Marvel this week. <laughs> yeah, for, think? Uh, for, yeah, just a little bit. The big comic that Marvel has coming out this week is Avengers number one. Um, May is Marvel's time to, they're doing sort of another soft reboot um, called Fresh Start where they're really sort of like taking a lot of their characters back to basics um, and trying to uh, get to a place where um, it sort of feels for, more familiar to their audience, I think. They've had a lot of sort of like, they've had a rocky road over the past year or so. Um, and it seems like their reaction to that is to try and go back to basics. So we're back with Avengers number one. Um, we're getting back to a more like core team. Um, Tony Stark isn't dead anymore, so he's Iron Man, he's come back to life. Um, Thor is back being Thor again. Um, for a while Jane Foster was Thor, and Thor was going by Odin's son at the time, and the ham Mjolnir, he couldn't pick up Mjolnir because he'd come, become unworthy. Um, and now Mjolnir's, Mjolnir's been destroyed, and he's figuring out what it means to be Thor without that. And, um, but he's back on the Avengers, and Captain America, who's had sort of his own 
rocky experiences with, you know, turning evil and becoming Hydra agent and all of that stuff over the past few years is he's back. He's Steve, he's normal Steve Rogers again. And it's sort of about these three characters. Um, first issue is out this week, and it's about these three characters talking to each other about how they can move on with the Avengers, whether it should be them starting the Avengers again, what the Avengers should look like. And then, of course, while they're in the middle of this, you know, sit down with drinks discussion about the future of their lives, giant dead celestials start falling out of the sky, and they have to get a bunch of people together to save the Earth from this new really big threat. Because they're the Avengers and they're always going to be there to do that. That's another thing, you can walk into a comic book shop, put in your pull list, or just pick up the first issue this weekend when you're in for free comic book day and see if it's something that you like and whether you wanna continue on with the story. And it, so Marvel's kicking off a lot of new number ones. Again, fresh starts for their new series is this summer. There are a lot of them that look like they're gonna be just like really sort of fun and interesting and a good place for people to sort of hop into the story. All right, you mentioned over the summer that there's something new coming as well. What's Infinity Wars? Infinity Wars is Marvel's big summer, new summer crossover. Um, and it's uh, a little bit difficult to Google for yourself right now um, because it's just Infinity Wars plural. Um, there's a little, you know, there's there's some other media events out there in the ether right now who are kind of dominating that search term. Um, it's the movie, okay? <laughs> it's the movie that everybody's going to see. We could come yeah. out and say it, which is pretty darn good, I've heard. Anyway. Right. But, um, so, and, and this is sort of Marvel trying to, like, you know, for good reason, I think, get in on some of that, that bringing, that their, this is their crossover story that once again brings the Infinity Gems back into the picture of modern Marvel continuity, um, sort of massages them in ways to make them more familiar to people who know them from the movies. So what, what do you mean by that, right? Like, because the movies took it from the comic book, and now the comic book is massaging it back, what? what? Well, the, so the movies make some changes, including the fact that in Marvel Comics they're known as the Infinity Gems, and in the movies they're known as the Infinity Stones. Um, and also in the movies and the comics, the colors don't quite line up in the same ways. And so the, the new crossover comic is sort of bringing the Infinity Gems back. I think pretty sure they were destroyed in Marvel continuity the last time we saw them. Um, and putting them in the hands of a lot of weird characters and having them sort of, having the search for them become an issue once again. That sounds like a good time, actually. Um, I know for a fact that Wolverine has one of the Infinity Gems, is just sort of wandering around with it, because um, everybody thought he was dead. Turns out he's not. Um, and he has an Infinity Gem, so probably trying to keep it out of the hands of everyone who is, uh, you know, trying to get it, which, you know... Wolverine is used to, like, laying low and uh, going on road trips and staying out of everyone's way, so <laughs> trying to get something from Wolverine when he doesn't want to give it to me is not something that uh, is probably a pretty tricky thing to do. Amen that. Well, that sounds fun. Infinity Wars. So that will be one series with a number of different converging storylines, I imagine. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then sort of other things that is going on in Marvel this summer is, um, so we mentioned Brian Michael Bendis is sort of coming to DC is kind of a historical change. Uh, but there's another sort of historical change going on in Marvel right now, which is that Dan Slott, who's been writing Spider-Man for I think about 10 years, um, is leaving this, he's capping off his run on the series and he is giving Spider-Man over to other writers. And in the meantime, he's moving to other books at Marvel. Um, he's going to be writing Iron Man. 
um, and sort of starting off with a new story about Tony Stark, um, who recently came back from presumed death, um, and digging into that character, you know, and putting his sort of slant on him. Um, and the one that is, you know, sort of even more like more of a real event for Marvel is that um, Dan Slott is going to be writing a Fantastic Four series at Marvel. And it's going to be the first ongoing Fantastic Four series at Marvel for really like three or four years. Um, even though the Fantastic Four are the first Marvel superheroes, they're, you know, they're the, the first family of Marvel. Um, their, you know, sales were kind of petering out a few years ago, and in a big crossover event, Marvel sort of gave them a big, like, a big indefinite goodbye. Um, the team broke up, uh, Mr. Fantastic and Sue Storm, the Invisible Woman, took their kids and decided to go adventuring across the multiverse, and, you know, a big cosmic, you know, exploration and science. Um, and sort of left Ben Grimm and uh, Johnny Storm on Earth to be, you know, hang out with all the rest of the superheroes. Um, and Marvel announced earlier this year that uh, the Fantastic Four are going to be coming back. The original team is going to get back together, and Dan Slott is going to be writing that book. So, um, and Dan Slott has written before. He's done a long run on the Silver Surfer that similarly has a lot of sort of like people compare it to Doctor Who in that it's sort of like cosmic adventures, but with a real like human core to it. Um, and I imagine that his Fantastic Four stories are going to be kind of a lot like that big cosmic science exploration, but at the heart of it there's this family that's trying to get along with each other um, and who has a lot of past and a lot of conflicts and, and is trying to navigate that as they navigate the universe. Um, so that's something I'm, really, I'm interested in sort of like looking at in Marvel this summer. Yeah, I'm interested in that too. I, I actually just bounced off of... I shouldn't say bounced off of. I watched the entire Lost in Space on Netflix and mm -hmm. hated just about two thirds of it. Oh no! Um, it was just tortured, and I think it's Parker Posey as her name was malevolent and like really awful for most of it. Oh, as, it was, as Dr. Smith. As Dr. Smith, like she was not someone I could let my kids see on TV. Like she oh, had no. some problems in that show. Whereas the rest of the show seemed almost family friendly. It was a very strange mix <laughs> of characters, but I am here for like family in space doing fun shit. That sounds like fun. So one of the other things I'm excited with Marvel for this summer is, um, are all comics that are being written by ta Coates. So Coates is continuing his run on Black Panther. They're starting over with a new number one. Um, and the, the sort of, he's using it as an excuse to kick off this new story arc about Wakanda, Wakanda's space program, Wakanda going out into the galaxy and exploring and finding new worlds. And um, it's sort of that Coates has been working with um, Evan Narcisse on, and Narcisse has been writing Rise of the Black Panther, which is sort of like retelling the Black Panther origin story and the history of Wakanda in the early years of T'Challa being the Black Panther. Evan, of course, local boy, does good. He used to write for Kotaku and then went to io9 and is, you know, just kind of waving off of Marvel Comics and other things and still doing the work over there. So yeah. round of applause for our, our friendly neighborhood writer doing well and, and working mm -hmm. with the Marvel company. And so some of the details that Evan has seeded in his sort of like history of Wakanda stuff is the idea that T'Challa's mom, who died when he was very young, um, was a scientist and that one of the things she was working on before she died was getting Wakanda to space. And so for T'Challa now, as an adult, to go back to that is like part of it for him is like this to, to keep moving with his mother's legacy. 
um, and and to do it in a tribute to her. And so I'm really I'm really jazzed to see where that's gonna go um, and just sort of that continuing like real Afrofuturist sense to Black Panther stories and to Wakanda to take that into space. Um, and then Coates is also beginning a new run on Marvel's other superhero who sort of re represents his country um, in a real tangible way is that he is starting with a new Captain America number one, um, which I am really excited about because Coates has done, you know, he's sort of made his career talking about what America means and how to grapple with the idea, the very Captain America, like quintessential Captain America stuff, like how to grapple with the idea and the hope and the promise of America versus the reality of America. And I'm really curious to see how that gets filtered into a Captain America comic um, and what that means, particularly after, you know, the ringer that Marvel has put the character through in the past few years with, you know, sort of Hydra Captain America and trying to bring him back from that and the, you know, the fandom getting really angry about it. Um, to put coats on Captain America really feels like coming back to basics, but also pushing forward in a really interesting way. That's awesome. That is quite the laundry list. What I want to do for our listeners is I want to put all of these into our show notes. So if you've been mm -hmm. furiously scribbling down, or if you're driving around, God forbid, and trying to remember all of this stuff, don't worry about it. I'll have it in the show notes. We'll have it in the post when we put it up at polygon.com. And uh, we'll help you have a better free comic book day. And hey, if you get this episode well after free comic book day, um, or God forbid we don't get it up in time for free, oh, I can get it up, I think, Suzanne. I'll get, we'll get it up before Saturday. <laughs> I believe in you. <laughs> Thank you. I got a couple other big stories I'm writing, but I don't know. It's going to be a busy couple of days here. But anyway, we will have all of what you need to get those comics on your pull list or to just pick up one or two here or there as you see fit. Thank you so much, Susanna, for taking the time today. Anytime. Now, we're not done with you yet. Of course, we you talked with Dave last week about the latest Marvel movie, Infinity War, but also we've got another movie coming up here. Uh, it's called Deadpool 2, mm -hmm. May 18th. I'm super excited about this movie. Yeah, I have high hopes. Um, they're doing a lot of weird things with it even for even after Deadpool you know how do you get weirder after Deadpool well you start an X-Force movie so with average Joe I yeah. can't wait to learn more about the middle-aged dumpy dude who jumps out of an airplane <laughs> yeah. I cannot wait uh, but then also we've got Solo a Star Wars story coming mm -hmm. on May 25th yeah we're gonna we're going to see how that goes. Yes, are we ever. You can look forward to, to hearing Susanna on Quality Control to talk about Deadpool 2, but we're also going to do the big old panel thing that we like mm -hmm. to do for every Star Wars movie, for Solo, a Star Wars story. So we'll try and get Susanna, also Ben Kachera, Dave Tack, myself together, and we will go over that film in painstaking detail. Um, oh, man, I really hope that Opie can pull it out of the fire. <laughs> It won't actually. It won't actually be painful. We promise. <laughs> I really hope so. I, I I want good things for the, the the history of Han Solo and Chewbacca. We want we want good things for Lando. Yes, more Lando. <laughs> and thanks to you at home for listening today. We've got a lot more on Polygon.com, including Susanna's own number one comic of the week series. And we'll be sure to link to that in the show notes, along with all those comics that we've been talking about today. Until we've got another game to talk about, this is Charlie Hall for Susanna Polo. Thank you for listening to Polygons Quality Control.
listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.